I can appreciate you creating this show. So when we got rid of them, we also got rid of the us that allowed them. Because somebody's going to hell. So this episode, we're going to call this episode gluten. Okay. We're talking about friends. We're talking about associates and family members, those that we keep close to us and those that we shouldn't let have access to us. And in that way, the people that we associate ourselves with or attach to ourselves are in a sense, they're gluten, right? So let me tell you what gluten is. Gluten is the substance that is formed when you add liquids to flour, right? So when you're mixing a cake, once that milk or the buttermilk or whatever it is hits that flour, it starts to form gluten. And gluten is essentially exactly what it sounds like. It's glue, right? And so the more gluten that is formed, the more everything within those ingredients adhere to each other. Too much gluten and your baked goods or your cake becomes uh, either stale, hard, chewy, rubbery, um, everything undesirable because you have formed too much gluten within your cake ingredients. We're going to say that for cake because some things require a lot of gluten, right? Um, but in the cake, when the gluten starts to form, you really don't want a whole bunch of glue. You really don't want to make a whole lot of glue, right? Think of it as Elmer's glue and it's rubbery and that's the texture that you're going to get in that cake, right? With the more liquid that you add. Now you got a bowl full of great ingredients that you don't want to waste. You have your sugar, you got butter, vanilla extract, expensive as hell, um, and all these other things. And too much of that gluten, once you add that liquid to it, can ruin everything. It will all have gone to waste all the time that you took to mix it, all the time that it took to bake it, right? And then when it's done, you're fairly disappointed in the outcome. Well, you should look at yourself as the ingredients in that bowl, as the flour in that bowl, and then look at the actions that are taking place, like all the mixing and all the wrong actions and being too vigorous, um, rigorous with everything and mixing it too much can ruin everything that is in that bowl. That is how you have to look at the people that you keep in your circle, the people that you keep close to you and the people that you allow access to you. Because we have a habit of saying, I'm a feed so-and-so with a long handle spoon. Please understand that even with feeding so-and-so with a long handle spoon, you are still feeding them. And feeding them, in feeding them, you're taking away still from you. You are still giving so-and-so access that they should not have to you. So I like to give you guys an example, right? Because I know all too well how hard it is to let go of those that you have had in your life for 27 years, right? 17 years. The people that you have gone through so much with. I done been through hell and back with this one. I done had this one's back and that one done had my back. And then that in turn 
makes it hard for you to make that tough decision for yourself when it's time to let so-and-so go, right? However, you also have to think about the fact that whatever took place at that time, whatever they did for you, whatever you did for them, you guys were in each other's lives for a reason at that time. That time has now expired, right? And you know what happens when you drink expired milk. You know what happens when you eat food that has expired, okay? It hurts like hell, you're sick, and it takes a minute to get that out of your system, right? And so it's the same thing with people. It's going to take a while to get those people out of your system. But what I want to tell you is that the process to getting them out of your system is a lot less when you start to learn your value. When you start to learn who the hell you really are, Bitch, you don't want to deal with people who don't let you be your best you or don't encourage that, okay? You have to look at the foundation that you have built in yourself. And if the people that are coming in aren't support beams, then they are serving absolutely no purpose in your life. I don't care how long you have been with those friends and you should not care either because sometimes the blessings that you are waiting for, you will not receive because God sees that you have the wrong people around you and knowing your heart, you will allow those people to enjoy whatever it is that he has given to you. And that is not for them, right? So I have, and trust me, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of experience. Like I have had friends or people who I thought were friends and what I never stopped to think about was, damn, I was really the friend, okay? I was definitely more a friend to them than they were to me. What I realized was half of those badass times that I had, that they were there and they had my back and they was fighting with me side by side, that's the only time that bitch was there. Because what she wanted to do was be in the mix. She needed a story to tell any goddamn way. She'd been talking about me bad as hell behind my back any damn way. So really, she wasn't there to have my back. She was there to get the scoop. Okay? There to get the dirt so they can go back and talk and, and, and tell shit about you. You understand? Sometimes you'll notice that you tell your friends more than they ever tell you. Sometimes you'll notice that they have gone through shit and they were quiet for a while and you didn't hear anything from, from them for a while and you were trying to contact them, you know, to no avail. Sometimes you have a friend that don't want you to know that they're going through certain shit because they're jealous of you. I can't let this bitch know I'm down too. I can't let this bitch know I'm going through the same thing. Not that it's always that situation because sometimes people are going through things and they don't know how to process them. So they need that space, that space to not be able to, to not pop off on the wrong people, um, to not say the wrong thing. And sometimes they're still trying to adjust and, and accept things themselves. But you know the difference. You have to use that spirit of discernment. Let me tell y'all something about uh, spirit of discernment and, and praying and talking to God about the people that we have around us. We will pray to God for a good man and will not pray for a good friend. We will pray for a good woman for the fellas and not pray for good friends. We will not, we will ask God when dealing with uh, our partners, right? Um, our spouses, like, God, show me this. If this ain't the one, if this ain't the one I'm supposed to be with, God, show it to me. 
what about the other people that you are allowing access to you? Now, you have people around you that you are giving access to you that, no, you're not sleeping with them. However, they probably get a lot more of you than the person that you're intimate with, that you're actually in a romantic relationship with. Because everything that you go through with that person, you may go and relate to this person or you want to spend time with this person. You understand? So you're giving them access to you without any pre-screening sometimes. Sometimes all the, the, the proof is in a pudding and we can see who these people really are and they're showing us time and time again. But what we, me what we really mess up at is we don't understand what forgiveness means sometimes and who is worthy of that forgiveness, of, the, of forgiving them, right? Because forg the forgiving is for you, right? To forgive is for you to let things out of your heart, to not hold those grudges, to not let it poison who you are. However, that does not mean allowance. It doesn't mean that you continue to allow the person that did the thing that you needed to forgive to continue to enjoy and access you. No, you forgive them for you so that it's not continuing to hurt you and they no longer have that power over you after they're gone. But it doesn't mean that you just let them continue to do what they're doing okay because let me tell you something once you catch a person in one act and they realize that you saw that one coming or you saw what they did and you recognize that they're not going to come at you the same way they're going to come at you in a different way and they may even lay low for a while before they do it again right but back to what I was saying, the same way that we think about the person that we want to spend the rest of our life with or who we're sharing our bodies with, you are sharing your mind, your thoughts, your ideas, um, your greatest moments, your celebratory moments, your grieving moments, everything with someone that you already know. And we feel it. Let me tell you something. There's no such thing as you sitting around saying, I never would have thought I never saw it coming. No, you're a lie. You're in denial, okay? Because God has fully equipped you from birth, from birth to know what is not for you, to, to have that feeling, to have that intuition, to get that little twitch in your, in your gut for your eye to switch a little bit when that person come around, for you to feel a little queasy, for you to feel a little off, for you to not be so trusted. You'll trust a man or, or a woman, your, your partner, is quicker with your body, you know what I'm saying? But then you will, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you trust in these other people the same. No, it needs to be the same amount of trust being earned. You know, you you look at these people and you get them instant access to you. They're accessing sometimes more than, than the physical, more than, than your body. You know what I'm saying? They're accessing your brain. They're accessing your power. You are giving them access to your power. Therefore, you're empowering them when they're actually your kryptonite. They're actually poisoning you, okay? Now, let me tell you this. I understand that some situations are different. You, you know, you got to handle things on a case-by-case -case basis. I have gotten to the point where I value myself um, kind of like a brand new car 
Or let's say, let's go a little bit further than a brand new car. Let's say you just found out you got the winning lotto ticket. You holding on to the winning lotto ticket. You're not gonna just trust anybody with you on that drive to go cash in, okay? We become very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Suspicious um, of, of anybody. We become very paranoid, right? When you're coming into something really great, okay? Some of us wanna share it with the person that we love the most and then some of us be like, I ain't finna tell nobody, I'm gonna wait till, you know what I'm saying? And let me see if I can really trust. You know, why is it so different now? Because you feel like you have something so prize worthy, like you won such a prize, then what the hell are you? Ma'am, sir, you are a much bigger prize than a winning lotto ticket. You are the lotto, okay? You need to recognize that because trust me, anybody who does not mean you well already has. Okay, they already have recognized that being in your presence is like winning the lotto. Okay, so let me give you an example of something that I feel like is it's a touchy situation is is, um, very different. Right. Because I know some of y'all are thinking, yeah, but, you know, but she ain't do this. I mean, she ain't never crossed me. I just feel some kind of way. And let, let, let me let me let me get your story. It's story time. I met my sister on my father's side when I was about 16 years old. Um, we, we knew each other and before we realized we were sisters, right? We went to the same school. Um, somewhere along the line of me meeting my father and things, uh, taking place, she didn't care for me, okay? She didn't like me, and I'll go as far as to say maybe she was jealous of me or maybe she didn't understand whatever was taking place. Maybe I just came into um, or my father brought me into their lives and shook shit up um, in a way that she may not have understood or could deal with or what have you. Um, and so some things happened. And then uh, I forgave her for those things. And we began to build a relationship outside of my father because things he wasn't fathering. Let's just say that. Um, and my sister and I didn't want to lose the relationship and the bond that we were um, beginning to build. So it was like, fuck him. You know, you and I are going to build this bond. When I was in my early 20s, I I'd had a son already, um, and my sister had a friend. And her friend had full-blown AIDS. And her friend's mission was to give it to as many men as possible because she felt somebody gave it to her. So she was going to pass it back around. Um... And I was dating this guy and my sister would call me and she would say, um, did you just leave such and such house? You just went out with such and such. And I'm like, yeah, how, how you know that? Nothing, just asking. 
Um, so what y'all did? And, you know, I give her details. Um, and I still, you know, be asking her, like, how did you know? She never said. Um, and then, there, and this happened a quite a few times. Quite a few times this happened. And she would call, oh, you was just with such and such. You just went to such and such house. I was over there, yeah. Why? How do you know this? Nothing, child, I'm going to call you back. Okay, now, mind you, such and such and I never slept together, okay? We never slept together. We never even kissed for the fact that I was riding with such and such and when we was in a car, because um, he was somebody well known, right, in the music industry. And so when we would ride together, we would be in the backseat of a limo um, or his driver's car, whatever car it was, when we were riding in the back and his breath, kind of fucking killing me um and so I never we never kissed or anything like that um he wanted to take me to a studio once and I was like no because I don't like the groupiness of it like eh, I don't want to walk in it with you we wasn't even on that type of time we were just kicking it right I went to his house once and he had a bunch of people there a bunch of music people you know whatever and that wasn't my scene that wasn't my thing so I was like yeah I'm ready to go home and at that time, again, that was the time when my sister called me was like, oh, you were just at such such house? And I was like, yeah, how do you know this? Okay, never told me. Fast forward a few months after that, she calls me and she's frantic. We got to go get tested. We got to go. We got to go to the clinic. We need to go to the clinic. Wait, what? What's happening? So a guy that she was with at the time, a guy that my sister was with at the time, he had did a crime. I believe he robbed a liquor store, if I'm not mistaken. And he called my sister's best friend. We're going to call her T. She, he called T. And he went to, he had T come get him. He went to go hide out at T's house. He then called his own sister and told her to come bring him some clothes. That sister goes, his sister goes to go take him some clothes and the door is unlocked or open or whatever it was, but the sister, well, unlocked, let's say. The, his sister walks in and catches him and my sister's best friend getting it in. And now she's disgusted. So she calls my sister and she's like, I, I already told him I was going to tell you the truth. You know, he trifling, your best friend trifling, X, Y, Z. I walked in on them, getting it in. So now and after she tells my sister this, here's my sister calling me frantic. We need to go get tested. Why do we need to go get tested? Why are we running to the clinic? Because let's call her boyfriend B. B was sleeping with T and she runs down the entire story to me that her boyfriend's sister has just told her. And I'm still not connecting the dots. Okay, so still, what does that mean? And she says, T has AIDS. She has full-blown AIDS. And she's out here just giving it to any and everybody. Still, why do we need to get tested? Because T 
is also sleeping with your guy. This is how I knew where you were all those times. This is how I knew when you was over to his house and everything like that because she was also there and she told me this and that or she would want to go see him and she seen you getting out the car one day and all these other things. And so that's how I knew. So you knew that I was dealing with the guy that was having sex with a girl who has full-blown AIDS and her mission was to give it to whoever the fuck. And you didn't know whether I was having sex with this guy or not, but you didn't try to warn me. You didn't tell me anything. You didn't say anything. Instead, you just kept calling me to see if I was here, if I was there, if I did this, if I did that, what he and I was doing and never said anything. Oh, I promised her. I promised her I would take that secret to my grave. I promised her I would take her secret to her grave. Okay, but in the process, you were going to see your sister go to hers as well. In the process, you were going to watch me also go to my grave and I have a son. Now, a little bit more backstory. At the time, I was a hairstylist and my sister was the one that connected me to her for me to begin doing her hair. I did hair in my apartment at the time. And I would do this young lady's hair and I would notice like her fingernails were falling off and my sister was, well, she would tell me that it was because she hit a hand or slammed a hand in a car door and, you know, lost her fingernails. Um, she always had to have this special pillow that she would sit on because she said it was her hemorrhoids were coming out. And my mom came to my apartment one day. Um, the day that my mom came, I was already like sick of this girl. I was pissed off and I had text my mom something. And I think that was the reason why she showed up. Um, but I, the young lady had tried to nibble on my, my son was maybe not even a year old. He was walking around in a walker. He was eating on some chicken nuggets and she goes, let me, let me, um, have some chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. Give me some, give me some. Now I didn't know anything about her having AIDS or anything else at the time. But my son comes over, hands her the nugget. She puts her mouth on it and goes, blah, blah, blah. I snatch the nugget, throw it down. And I say to her, don't put your mouth on my son's food. And she was like, I don't got no cold or nothing. I don't give a damn. I don't even put my mouth on my son's food. Don't put your damn mouth on my son's food. And I wanted to kick her ass out. And at the time, I text my mom. So my mom came over and my mom immediately looks at her and pulls me to the side says, she got AIDS. She has AIDS. Get out your goddamn house right now. Mind you, I was doing sew-ins on this girl all the time. And every time I would do a sew-in on her, I noticed her hair was getting finer, thinner, and everything to the point where I almost couldn't even sew down something, you know what I'm saying, on her hair. So we started switching up hairstyles, but I'm working with a needle. Now, mind you, I don't have to know what anybody's status is. It is our responsibility to protect ourselves in any situation because you do not know, right? So you always have to protect yourself. So you have to do the, you know, work the best way and the safest way possible at all times because you don't know. Um, but when my mom said to me she had AIDS, I stopped doing her hair. I got her out of my apartment. 
I said to my sister, I said, my mom came over here and she said, um, she think T got AIDS. She, she was like, she got AIDS. Mind you, I lived across the street from a hospital. And every time this girl came to me to come get her hair done, she was coming from a hospital. She would make an appointment to come and my sister called me once and was like, she's coming. She's across the street at the hospital. She's across the street at North Shore. And I was like, okay, fine. She was like, and she gave me some kind of bullshit lie, right? About why the girl was at the hospital. Um, and again, I said it to her. Like my mom thinks she has AIDS. Sister never said nothing. Still never volunteered anything. Didn't say one goddamn thing, right? Okay, fine. Now fast forward to the moment when you're frantic, when she's frantic about needing to go get tested. Because I think, I believe the sister, his sister might've told her like, I think they've been screwing. They've been doing something because why did he even call her first? How did he have her number? They was in there getting it in. It ain't look like they just, this was the first time. So my thing is, again, you weren't going to tell me. You were going to see me suffer through the same thing. You weren't going to tell me anything. She, my sister got tested and she was negative. Um, and she called me when she got her results and she was like so happy that she didn't have anything. And that's great. However, you were going to sit back and watch as I contracted AIDS. Um, and at that time, medicines were not as advanced as they are now. And that could have ruined my entire life. Now, granted, that's, it's on me. If I sleep with someone unprotected, that's on me. I have a choice to make because what happened if the next guy that I was with um, had AIDS and my sister didn't know him or had no connection to him and I slept with him unprotected and I contracted AIDS? That is on me, right? I get that. And I think some kind of way I rationalized that in a way that made me not hold her accountable for what she did know and for what she was going to sit back and allow, right? For her part in it, let's say that. Me saying to myself, well, you know what? Um, it really wasn't for her to tell me. That was her best friend. And then the other part of me still fighting with it, like, no, bitch, you, no. Okay, she was a fucking accomplice. Something about her, she had to just sit back. What makes a person sit back and say, I'm going to watch my sister get AIDS? Okay? But look at how God reconstructed the situation to put her in my shoes. To turn the tables on her, right? I didn't speak to my sister for a while. I think I was so conflicted, I didn't know which way to go with that. Um, and this wasn't the first time that something between the two of us had taken place that I felt like was kind of like really egregious, right? Um, and, but somewhere along the line, 
I got into a space where I did not have close relationships with my mother's side of the family, with my own mom, my siblings, you know, things like that. And when she reached out to me, I was in a very lonely space, a space of wanting family and friends. And I'll never forget the conversation that we had. Um, and she was like, yeah, because she was going through something with her other friends. And it was like, yeah, because, you know, fuck this and that and whatever, because for all that shit, I got a sister. I got a sister. I want me and you to start getting closer and, and we start doing things together and blah, blah, blah. Because fuck these hoes, I got a sister. And I was like, yeah, fuck these people. I got a sister too. And situationally, I made it made sense for that particular situation, for the space that I was in, right? And I think sometimes we do that. Sometimes we try to make things make sense for us at that moment so that we can get through whatever tough space we are in. But it is at that very moment that you need to say, I don't give a damn what I am going through, where I am or how low I feel. I am still a child of God. I am still somebody. I am still dope. I am still beautiful. I'm smart. I'm funny. You need to think about all the things that you are. Okay, don't don't say because you broke right now or you're out of a job and you're humming and bumming, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's not where your worth lies. That is not where your value lies, because you can always make another dollar. You can always get another job. You can always build yourself back up. But you have to build yourself up from what you have inside. You are the builder and the creator and the constructor. Okay, you can always create moments for yourself. You can do whatever you need to do for yourself. So do not let your worth and your value be based on a situation. And a lot of us do that, okay? We get into relationships with men and then we try to wean ourselves off of it by saying, we could just be friends. We'll just be friends. Sus, this nigga done dogged you, cussed you, <clears throat> named you, cause when he calling you ain't what your mama named you. And then did the worst to you, okay? Don't mean you no type of goddamn good. But now he could be your friend. That nigga can't be nothing to you. And, and essentially what you're trying to do is wean yourself off of him. So having a piece of him is better than having none of him at all. Plus you ain't have a backup plan. You ain't got another nigga lined up. You ain't got a line up. So it's like. Yeesh. that's all you got that's all you know right now y'all done got so many years putting together whether you the side piece that was the main chick or whatever it was you don't want to be by yourself so you're lying to yourself pretty much weaning yourself off of a person when you try to wean yourself off of someone please understand that the weaning process it's still a damaging process, okay? It's like a heroin addict trying to be weaned off of heroin with methadone, okay? Methadone is a drug that they use to wean you off of heroin, but it's still a drug. It's still a drug. You're still on drugs, sis, bruh. You're still on drugs. And the best way that you can preserve yourself, the best way that you can better yourself, the best way that you can grow is to cut it cold turkey. You have to cut situations cold turkey. 
Test your strength. See how strong you are. Can I cut it cold turkey? Well, you don't know unless you try. Okay? You have to be able to cut these people off. Quote, unquote, feeding them with a, a, a long-handled spoon is not cutting somebody off. But now hear me out. You can deal with them in a way that is not allowing them to access you, but at the same time, you're not harboring anger towards them, which means you can say hello. I can see you on the streets and say hi. I ain't got to be fucked that hoe. I don't even want to see that bitch. Fuck her. Let me try not to see her. I don't even want to see this hoe. It, then that means she still or he still has a hold on you. They are still affecting you in some kind of way, right? They're still contaminating you, right? Got to make sure my outfit do all right. Um, so you don't have to have those feelings towards them. You can see them and say hello. They can ask you for something and you can say no. They can see you, uh, you know, at a birthday party and you can say, hey, girl, okay, mm-hmm, and keep it moving, right? You don't, but you don't re-engage, right? You don't re-engage with those people. You don't allow those people full access to you again. Once you cut them off, you cut them out like cancer and you don't go back because who wants to go through radiation when they don't have to? They are cancer. They are cancerous. Once you have gotten rid of them, trust me, they've done some damage, just like cancer. When it comes, it does some damage. And then you got to get radiation and chemo or whatever treatments or try to get it cut out. And it's some damage being done in the meantime. But for you to be the reason that that cancer reoccurs, Why would you kill off cells of your life by allowing someone who is not worthy back into your life when God has clearly made a way for you to get away from them in the first place? He has given you an out, okay? Because whatever went down first time, that was your out. That was your out. That was your way to go. That was, that was sis run, Okay. You don't go back. No matter, how, yes, you're going to miss them. You're going to think about all the good times you guys have had. And there have been, been some amazing times. Look at, it, look at it as that was an amazing time that you deserved. That was a memory that you created that gives you a smile. And it's okay to smile about it, but was not okay. It's for you to bring it back. And then you're going to have twice as many frowns as you do. It's just, it makes no sense. Right. You do not give those people that type of access to you again. And please, for the life of all that is sweet, savory, uh, ice creamy, uh, alcoholic beverage included, uh, drinkable and uh, edible. Do not give a letter of declaration and decree to the person that you have decided is no longer worthy of your presence. You are giving them so much power. You don't need to write a four-page letter about how, you know, I, if 
first let me start off by and you hurt me when and remember that time and I've decided and so now I don't fuck with you no more and you blocked and I'm good have a nice life for fucking what from the time you do all of that please realize that you are still hurt please realize that you have not healed because what you are looking for in that moment with that declaration is their response. You still need their response. You still need the person that is hurt, harmed, or tried, or attempted to take away any of your growth, your progress, your beauty, everything about you, anything about you. You still need this person to okay you walking away. That's that hurt. That's that hurt, honey. You don't need any of that. All this, I need closure. No, you need peace. And a person that has been taking from you cannot give you peace. They are, in fact, who has disturbed it. And if they can give you peace, then you have no power. Your power lies within them. So you do not need to write letters and text messages and let them know and do all of this and that. That cutoff is for you. It's for you. It's for your growth. You don't have to let them know. Because trust me, half the shit that they did to you, I'm quite sure they didn't talk to you about it beforehand. I'm, I'm almost certain they ain't call you up and say, bitch, listen. I'm about to hurt your motherfucking feelings. Matter of fact, I'm finna go behind your back with your boyfriend. And you know that bitch that you don't like and you keep talking all this shit about? Bitch, you know I've been conversing with her too and I'm about to tell her all your motherfucking business. So the only reason why I'm calling you right now is so you can tell me what really went down with you and this nigga that you just broke up with because that's who she talking to right now and I'm finna give her the tea. No! No! They didn't forewarn you. Okay? So why are you now forewarning them about you about to get a peace of mind? Then you don't have it. If you need to let them know how you feel before you let go, you have not let go. You have not let go. And that is something you need to do within you. Because calling them up only results in one of two things, either them apologizing and saying they sorry. And at this point, you probably not strong enough to reject those apologies or say, you know what? I accept your apology, but it's still fuck you. You, you, you're probably not at that point. So what are you doing? Getting back in the sack with them again? What sense does that make? Or they snap back at you. And now y'all going at it and what you get a, pe a chance to say to them, what you've always wanted to say to them, that makes you no better than them. It almost makes you just like them because you've been harboring shit about them in your mind that you wanted to say to their ass this whole time too. Okay? Heal. Focus on you. And people say, oh, the best revenge is your growth. Fuck revenge. Who needs that shit? If you need revenge or everything that you're doing is to get back at them or to show them that you're better or that you're doing better, you're not. You're not. You're not better. Not to say better than them, but better than who you once were. You're still that same person. You're still affected the same way. You're still inviting cancer back in. Now you're the cancer. You have 
to heal. You need to heal. And that is the way that you show you how much you have grown. The fact that you have learned lessons and you're able to move on in a healthy way. That is how you become a truly happy and healthy individual. When people are out here saying they're living their best lives, they're normally talking about money and trips and all this shit. No, living your best life simply means being the best you in this life that you can possibly be. When you are the best version of yourself, trust me, there is no better happiness, no better joy. You are filthy rich. When you are healed, happy, healthy, and you have let go of all the anchors that have been holding you down. When you have gotten rid of all those tentacles on an octopus that was sucking you dry. When you have pulled all that shit up off of you and you are walking freely in your purpose, baby, there is no better life. That is your best life. Okay? Those will be your best days. So, some of y'all gonna have some hard decisions to make, which really shouldn't be no hard decisions um, after this episode. Um, and the purpose of me doing this episode was so that so many of you can um, heal. I want to see you grow and understand this. If you are in the lives of someone that you know doesn't like you, you don't like them either. So you're just as bad. Because you cannot really like and love a person that you know. Now, if you don't know, it's one thing. But a person that you know doesn't care about you in the way that you care for them. You already have a certain reserve. You're already reserved in a certain way. And you're not completely loving them. So at this point, y'all are trauma bonding. Let them go and let them be loved and healed by somebody else. And you go on your way too. Y'all are a hindrance to each other at this point. You're interfering with each other's healing. You're no more doing a justice for them than they are doing for you, okay? Because somewhere along the line, that person needs to heal. And if they're sucking on you and draining you so that they can feel better about their situations, you are their heroine, okay? You are their methadone. You're also their power. And you're draining all of your supply and all of your shit. So pull yourself away. Do them the same favor that you're doing yourself by cutting ties. You cut those ties. You don't allow those people that type of access to you. And you should you should damn well want to do better than to access cancer, bitch. You should not be wanting to access and hold on to radiation. You hold on to all that is beautiful, all that is you, okay? That's all you're trying to do. You're trying to grow and live the best life as the best you that you could possibly be. And let me tell you something. I could go on and on and on for days with all these best friend, supposed best friend stories. And I'm quite sure we all got some. But at the end of the day, I don't feel a need to go on and on and on about it. I told you guys my most hurtful and most painful story of um, befriending um, someone. And I am going to say befriending because what y'all don't realize, what I always say is you have friendships within family members too, within your relatives, within your si your siblings. 
it's not just a family relationship. There's a friendship, which is why some of us say our cousins, um, first cousin is my favorite cousin. That's my best friend. My cousin is my sister. I have a cousin like that. She's my cousin, sister, friend. You know what I'm saying? I love her so much. Um, but those are friendships that you build, even with family members. Okay. And family can get it too. Because family is just people. They are not sworn by God to some type of loyalty to you. The only thing y'all probably got in common is a bloodline. They are just people. Family can be jealous of you. Mothers, grandmothers, sisters, brothers can all want to see your downfall. We've seen it time and time and time again. And then we'd be like, oh, but you my sister. That means absolutely fucking nothing. I don't look at the fact of what she did like, oh, my God, how can my own sister? This is the type of person she was. Now, do I know if she's that same type of person right now today? I don't know, and I'm not trying to find out. I don't know what kind of person she is right now today. Has she crossed me recently or lately? No, we don't have a bond. We, we may, she may say a what's up. I may say a what's up. Happy birthday to your kids. Happy birthday to mine. And, and that's it. But are we swapping? Yeah, no. No. And I'm going to be honest with you. I just got to that point. Okay? 2024 was, you know, spring cleaning of, of, of useless energy for me. I didn't have to say this is the final cutoff. This is the final goodbye. I knew it. That's all I needed. Okay? This is my elevation period. All right. I don't need any more anchors holding me down. And so some of y'all, y'all need to realize that even with your family, I don't care if your mama's the one that's jealous of you and your mama's the one that's hating on you. And your mama's the one that went behind your back and told your boyfriend some shit. Your mama's the one that got to go. Your mom got to go. And y'all be like, oh, the Bible say y'all don't do half the shit the Bible tell y'all asses to do. Don't start now. Don't 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 make that your crutch. If she's the one that has fucked you over, she's the one that got to go. You got one life to live. She is a human being. You being her offspring does not change that. She don't like your ass. She don't like your ass. Okay. You should always be, and we say that so many times, be where you're celebrated, not where you are tolerated. Okay. Stop using that shit as a catchphrase. That shit's real. It is real. Go where people celebrate you, where they encourage your growth. Okay. That's where you want to be. So uh, thank y'all very much for tuning in to this episode. I, I appreciate y'all big time. Um, I can't stop saying that um, for all the watches, the shares, the comments. Um, you guys have DM me so many inspiring and motivational and encouraging messages. Some of you guys are messaging me, asking me for help with certain situations. And I want to incorporate that now into my solo episodes. Um, so go ahead and reach out to me at baconbitch.com. Uh, you can reach out to me at Bacon Bitch Productions on Instagram, TikTok, or wherever. Let me know your situation. And if you want me to bring it on a show and discuss it, we can do that. We can walk you through your your peaceful life, your better life, you know, that that help you build up you. That is what I love to do. Now, listen, this is not my profession. Like I ain't up. Can I make a title? Or maybe I could be a professional uh, help you figure it out or 
How about that? And we can figure it out together, right? I don't know everything, but I will say, I do say prayers. I talk to God before I even answer my friends. My friends will ask me things and I'll be like, God, let you speak through me. Don't let it be me. You know, let me let me tell them what you want me to tell them. Because if it's up to me, I'm going to tell her, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to be like, throw that nigga in the trunk. Like, God, take that take that nigga in the trunk about me and um help me walk my friend through this, through, through this situation without either one of us having to go to jail. Um, so I will say that, you know, I do, I will pray and I will say, God, help me, you know what I'm saying? Help this person figure it out. Can, can help you help me because it helped me get through things too. So I, I'm just really thankful, um, for this space that I am in now. I'm thankful for growth, thankful for knowledge, thankful for the love and support system that I have with me now. Oh, I am in a beautiful space, y'all. I cannot tell y'all how beautiful this space is. It is beautiful. It is a free space where I truly feel free um, and loved and I feel supported in everything that I'm going after. And it's a feeling that is so good to me that I want to share it with everybody. It's like having some good food at a table with your friends and everybody orders something different and you like you gotta try this you know what I'm saying I, I'm at a space in my life where I got some you gotta try this that, that's what I have right now and I really do want to share that I really do want to help people to find their you gotta try this you know what I mean so thank you guys so much for tuning in please subscribe even if you don't watch podcasts or whatever, um, subscribe to my YouTube because we trying to make uh, the podcast make sense and then make the sense make dollars and then make the dollars make other shit happen. <laughs> um, so that's all we have for this one. And um, my saying, my slogan, how I'm going to be closing out this show for now on because this is what I live by. This is also what I wrote on my cookbook. Um, live within peace, love without fear, and bake like a bitch. Hey, and we out, y'all. <laughs>